Hello, this is Dr. Tubini. Uh, we meet again. Uh, this is our third episode. And uh, I do believe and I hope that you have enjoyed uh, the first two episodes that we made. Well, today we are talking about something that is a bit different because I'm also a I'm also a certified leadership trainer. So I love le- leadership and uh, we'll be talking about um vision which is a key to effective leadership and uh, we'll be taking that from the book of Nehemiah. Uh, I love the book of Nehemiah so we'll be taking lessons from the life of Nehemiah and it's very important for us to be able to do that. And so when you read the book of Nehemiah, there are certain things that, you know, will strike you. First of all, when you look at the African continent, as I said before, that the African continent is rich, you know, with minerals. It is rich with history. It is rich, 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 rich. But some of the problems that we are encountering in the continent of Africa, it is because of the scarcity of a moral and, and, and strong leaders, you know, strong leaders who have a passion and a vision for the development of Africa. The problems that we encounter, you know, they, some of them are looting and, you know, which are the product of greed and, and selfishness and self-centeredness, if you can put it that way. And so, one of the most important things that we need to do if we are going to um, restore Africa, you know, to its, uh, I'm not sure if I can say former glory, but if we can restore Africa, you know, to, you know, a position where it will become, you know, you know, it will be in the stage of, um, in, it will be in the global, you know, leadership stage, if I can put it that way, with other countries like the West. You know, I hate this thing when people are talking about Africa, where they will say, you know, uh, developing countries, developed countries. You know, you'll find that when they talk about countries like, you know, when they talk about Europe and they talk about, you know, a lot of countries in the West, you know, and, and Asia, they will talk about developed countries but when they when it comes to africa they they they, they will use the word you know developing you know and i want africa to come to a point to a place where we will say when we talk about africa developed you know country or developed continent you know no no matter which language you will be using it's okay but I, i will be talking about nehemiah here because you know nehemiah is one of those you know, incredible leaders that I love, you know, when I'm reading the Bible. When I read the Bible, you know, Nehemiah is one of those leaders that that I love the most because there are a lot of principles that, you know, I was able to get when I was reading the book of Nehemiah that can help a lot of leaders, you know, you know, more especially in the African continent and all over the world. But those people who believe that, you know, they were created for greatness, 
those people who believe that you know there is a lot on the inside of them those people who believe that they were created to bring change you know to this world and to uplift other people and to you know mentor people and and and, and to influence you know bring a positive change people who believe that they have been created by God to become the agents of change, you know, and, and, and help other people discover, you know, their God-given potential and help them develop those potentials and, 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 and be, you know, maximize them and be released to the visions of God for their own lives. So if you're one of those people, you know, you can just take your time and just listen to what I have to say. To what I have to say. You know, when you study the book of Nehemiah, chapter 1 of the book of Nehemiah, uh, we see Nehemiah, you know, in a foreign land. Uh, we see Nehemiah in a foreign land. His own land was, um, you know, was colonized, if we can put it that way. And so, you know, we see Nehemiah in a foreign land, being a slave in a foreign land. It's like, you know, the history of our own continent like africa you know so nehemiah was you know in a foreign land but what i like about nehemiah is that you know even though he was in that particular country you know he was still a man of integrity he was still a man of excellency we don't know we don't hear much about his family and what happened to his family but and yet this man you know got it all together you know he, he, what i mean is that he didn't allow himself to fall apart he didn't allow himself you know to fall apart like a, a 2 dollar suitcase you know he didn't allow himself to do that so what he you know what he decided to do was you know you know to stand up and be strong and hold on to his values and hold on you know to his principles and philosophies and and ideologies you know holding on to god's word and holding on to his you know christian faith if i can put it that way and so that's what he did he, he held on to his integrity and so you know it, that caught you know even the leader of that particular country and when he looked at nehemiah you know comparing him to his own man he saw this guy as an incredible man as a man of integrity as a man of excellency and as a result of that you know he, he was he was employed you know, to pour wine for the king. And I do believe because that the country was big, you know, and, and, and the man was the king in that particular place, you know, he, he, he colonized a lot of, um, you know, nations. And as a result of that, you know, it, it was a big country. And so I do believe that maybe he had an intelligence agency that was able to, or a secret service that was able to vet Nehemiah and they saw, they tested him, and, and they saw that this guy is truly a man of integrity. He didn't lose his integrity. He could not be bribed. They saw, they tested him. This guy could not be bribed to poison the king. This guy could not be bribed to kill the king in any way. And as a result of that, they took this man and said, listen, as from now, you'll be staying inside the palace. You'll be pouring wine for the king. And I look at Nehemiah. 
I look, you know, at Nehemiah, you know, you know, I have a picture of him in my head. I believe that he was moving around. He had his own entourage, you know, he was moving around, you know, with security and all that, you know, he was sleeping in a beautiful place. And, you know, there was a security that was there to protect him so that he cannot be compromised. And so he was there. This guy was there. And uh, he was enjoying himself. You know, he was starting to forget the things that he, have, he has been through, you know, uh, you know, during the invasion. So maybe he lost some people and some friends. He was beginning now to forget that, you know, when all of a sudden from Jerusalem, a friend, you know, came. And, and when he, you know, and when he asked this guy some questions and said, listen, what is going on there? And this guy started narrating, you know, a very horrible, you know, story. You know, the gates are broken. The walls have been bent, everything, you know. And so when, when, when he heard that, you know, then he started crying because, you know, there are graves of his, you know, great-grandfathers and fathers and all that, you know, in that parish. So his whole history is back home. And, and when he had that, you know, the place, you know, that was, whole, that was an archive for history, for his own history. You know, his own history and all that was completely destroyed, you know. And the Bible says that he cried, you know, he cried and cried and wept and wept and wept and wept. And he started interceding, that is praying and interceding. So there are certain principles that we're able to get from that whole you know, Odil, you know, we're able to get, you know, about maybe 10 to 12 principles that we're able to get from that. And one of those things is that we have discovered that, you know, you don't find the visions of God, they find you. That is the first thing that we have discovered, that the, the visions of God, you don't find the visions of God, they find you. When we talk about a vision, you need to understand that the vision is the product of purpose. You know, what is purpose? The, the, the word purpose, it means the original intent of something, the reason behind the existence of something. So when you are talking about a purpose, you are talking about, you know, you are talking about the reason behind the existence of something. And I usually say to people that, if you do not know the purpose of a thing, you will never honor that thing. You will never value that thing. You will never respect that thing. Why? Because you do not understand its purpose. I can give you an example of this. If right now, you know, um, somebody or a scientist, you know, can discover a certain plant, you know, some of these plants that we kick along the road, you know, and he, and he will say, and if he can say that, you know what, this plant can heal all kinds of cancer, all types of cancer can be cured by this. You know, let me tell you something. You will see, you know, special people in special clothes, you know, with special cars, you know, and they would come and collect those in a very gentle way and put them in a very beautiful and sophisticated 
reports kind of things and they will put them in those boxes and put them in a very sophisticated and beautiful car and they will take them to a very sophisticated place where they will be cared for and nurtured and and you know people will be employed to just take care of those plants I'm talking about the plants that we didn't care about. We're just kicking along the road. And all of a sudden, right now, everybody is taking care of those plants. What changed? What changed is that a purpose was discovered. A purpose was discovered. A vision was made. A vision was made and a plan was established. That is exactly what took place. And so what you need to understand is that once, if the vision of a thing is not known, somebody said abuse is inevitable. And this is very important for us to understand. And so we understand that, you know, the purpose is, you know, the factory that produces the vision. So what is the vision? I like the Greek, you know, analogy of that particular word. The word vision in the Greek is the word chazon. The word chazon, it means a mental picture of a clarified future. So when we're talking about a vision, we're talking about a mental picture in your own present state, a mental picture of a clarified future. You are in the present state, you can see the future clearly. And that is what we are talking about. So now from understanding the purpose, knowing that you didn't come here by accident, knowing that you are not here, you know, f- you know, just to fill the earth, you know, you're not just here, you know, you are here for a specific reason. In other words, God created you to solve a specific problem. And once you understand that you were created to solve a specific problem and your duty here on earth is to find that specific problem you were created to solve. Study about that problem until you become an expert in solving that problem. You solve that problem fast. You solve that problem with class. You solve that problem with integrity. And let me tell you something, you will be rewarded. You will see rewards coming left and right into your life. We understand that. So the most important thing and the first thing that you need to understand is purpose. And from purpose, you will discover what? Your vision, your clear mental picture of a clarified future. And so you don't just get it. You don't just get it. You know, it it, it finds you. You might be hiding, you know, wherever you might be hiding in Hawaii, you might be hiding, you know, in, you know, in Miami, you might be hiding anywhere in the world, you might be hiding in Lagos, you might be hiding in Joburg, but that vision will find you. I mean, it will find you. It will find you. You might not believe me, but let me tell you something, it will find you. It will find you. Somebody will say something that will trigger a lot of things on the inside of you. And all of a sudden, your purpose will come alive and your vision will be crying out and saying, do me. And that is exactly what happened to Nehemiah. And he found himself, you know, a man that was full of joy because he had the best job in the world. And all of a sudden, right now, he was not enjoying anything in his life. 
He was not enjoying anything. You know, his face, you know, um, was sour, you know. He had a long face, you know, because he was not happy. The reason why he was not happy, it is because the vision found him. Now, the reason why he existed emerged. And because of that, it could not be ignored. It could not be ignored. And so he discovered the purpose. And the second stage that we see in Nehemiah was, you know, the conception stage of that particular vision. <clears throat> Excuse me. The conception phase of that particular vision. Why you discover the, vi the vision will discover you. And when you are discovered by the vision, the first thing that you will have to do is to accept the vision because, you know, you cannot shake it. You you go to sleep, you're thinking about it. When you wake up, you know, it's in your mind. You know, when you go to a lunch, you know, when you're going, you know, to eat your lunch, you, your breakfast, your lunch, it's there, you know, and, and you find yourself losing your appetite because right now this thing is saying it's time. You need to do me. And the second thing and the third thing that will happen. So you have conceived the vision. You have conceived what? The vision. And after you have conceived that vision, and then you will discover the third thing that will happen is that you will discover that this vision is bigger than yourself. It is bigger than your salary. It is bigger than anything you have ever known in your life. And so what you need to do now, it leads you to what? It leads you um, to prayer. It leads you to intercession because what will happen is that you, the vision will discover you, which is produced by purpose. You will conceive the vision. And after conceiving the vision, that is the, sec the, the second step. The third step is that, you know, it will be in your mind all the time. That is meditation. You will find yourself meditating on this vision. You can't sleep at night. You are thinking about this. You know, it, it will consume you. It will consume you. I'm telling you the truth. Many people, when they look at you, they will think you are crazy. They will think you are crazy because when they look at you and see, you know, the way you are, it's, you know, you can't, you can't even comb your hair. You know, you've got pen and paper, you're writing, you, you are drafting, you're doing all these things. You are consumed by a vision. But after drafting the vision and, and seeing the vision, you'll discover that this is bigger than yourself. It is much bigger than anything you have ever seen. And so step number four, you will have to intercede. You will have to pray. You will have to seek God's intervention. Because now you begin to realize that with your money and your friend's money and your brother's money, your uncle's money, you know, and, and everybody that you know, all their money combined, they cannot, it cannot be able to help you fulfill this vision. And so you need God's help. So you'll start praying. So we see Nehemiah interceding. We see Nehemiah praying and crying to God and saying, Lord, I need your help. I need your help. We see Nehemiah crying and, and, and also going against, you know, his family altars. You know, my father was poor. My uncle was poor. Everybody else was. And so he began to smash those altars into pieces, you know, through intercession and prayer. And after he did that, and so what he did next was that he started planning. The majority of the people believe that, you know, provision is the product of 
prayer. But let me tell you something. If that was the case, then it would mean that every intercessor in the world should be a millionaire. Or else if you're not a millionaire, at least they should be taken care of. But it's not the case. You see, provision is not the product of prayer. It is the product of what? Of planning. What prayer will do, it will open, you know, to you the mind of God. It will open to you the wisdom of God so that you can start planning. You can start planning. So Nehemiah started planning. After prayer, he received enough wisdom from God to start planning. That is point number five. He started planning and he started planning and he started planning and he started planning and he discovered that if I can go back, you know, this is what I will need because planning will help you know the type of personnel you will need. It will help you, you know, know the type of materials that you will need. It will help you to know your budget, the kind of budget that you will need to be able to fulfill what you will have to do. And that is what it will do for you. And so that is exactly what happened to Nehemiah. He knew the type of personnel that he will need. And he knew also, um, you know, the type of materials that he will need, you know, the types of materials that he will need. He also knew what to do, you know. And so he started mapping up his plan. And so he knew that it will, if his plans will work well, then it will take around 52 days. But I believe that, you know, he knew that it, it can take maybe 45 days. So he decided to say at least 52 days so that at least, you know, seven days so that, you know, uh, he can be able to do the job without, you know, feeling that, that much of pressure, of a pressure. And, and that is point number five. Point number six, you know, after you made a plan and your vision is clear, then you will start connecting to people, connections, connections. It, it will take a person to help you move from the dimension that you are in to another dimension. It will take one person, you know, to help you move from the dimension that you are in right now to another dimension. Listen, if God wants to promote you, he will put a person in your life and and listen to me, this is very important. And if the devil wants to destroy you, he will also put a person in your life who will bring you down. So it will take a person to move you to another level. And it will also take a person to bring you down. This is very important for you to understand. It's extremely important for you to understand. So after planning, Nehemiah connected. He connected with whom? The king. When he went to the king, the king started asking him questions. What is wrong with you? Why long, the long face? And he started narrating the story to the king. And the king said, listen, what do you want? And he said, listen, this is what I want. Listen, if you just pray and you do not make plans, it's going to be difficult because your divine helpers will ask you a question. What is it that you want? You will not even know what you want. Do you get what I'm saying? Why? is that because you did not make a plan. So planning is extremely important. You know, it will help you to, you know, take few minutes, you know, to be able to narrate your story to your divine helpers so that they will be able to help you because they look at you. Now they can see that this guy knows what he is doing and he's ready to do this. So the king asked him, uh, I would call it a tricky question. 
How long will this take? And he said to the king, with boldness and confidence, 52 days. And the king said, you are ready. And he said, okay, now I can give you everything you want. And he said, listen, king. And he wrote a letter to the sheriff of the forest. And he said, anything the guy needs, I want you to give it to him. And so point number seven, we see him receiving what or getting what? The provision. We see him getting there provision. This is very important for us to understand. Point number eight, we understand it will take more than you to fulfill the vision that you have. It is very important for us to understand that it will take more than you to fulfill the vision. Listen to me. Jesus, you know, he had to have 12 of his disciples so that he can impart on them, in them, so that when he leaves, they will continue with the work. So you can never fulfill the vision alone. It will take more than you to fulfill the vision. That is very important. That is extremely important for you to understand. That is point number eight. It will take more than you to fulfill the vision. Point number nine, location. It's very important for you to understand that, listen to me, you can be as anointed as, I don't know, you know, the, 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 the anointing dripping off from you. But let me tell you something. You can be as gifted and as talented, but if you are ministering or, you know, you are ministering your gifts and your talents to the wrong crowd, let me tell you something, you won't go anywhere. Location is very important. You know, you might be doing the right thing, but to the wrong audience. You might be doing the right thing, but to the wrong audience, and you won't have any impact. So it's very important for you to find the right audience. When you study the life of people like Reinhard Bonke, uh, he came from Europe and uh, he knew that his call was, you know, to Africa. And so he left the West and he left Europe and he came to Africa. And I believe the majority of the people were saying, you are crazy now. You are crazy. Africa, there is no money in Africa. How are you going to survive? And But he knew that where God calls or where God assigns, he will always do what? Provide. And so he went there knowing that my God will do what? Will provide. And so he came to Africa and he started, you know, preaching all over the place. And let me tell you something, his ministry is one of the strongest ministries to such an extent that before he departed to glory, you know, he mentored strong leaders, you know, who are carrying you know, the torch even today, and they, they are imparting this even to other leaders who will continue carrying the torch even for the coming generations, you know, so that his name, you know, and his legacy will not die, but it will remain, grow stronger and stronger and stronger. And so we know that, and that is exactly what happened. So now location is very important. And so when Nehemiah get there, you know, I usually say to people, when your vision, you know, is still, you know, 
in younger stages, if I can put that word so that everybody can understand, because I usually like to use a very simple English so that everybody, you know, can be able to understand. So if, you know, the vision, you know, uh, he was able because the vision was in a younger stage. And so, you know, what he did was, um, you know, to Take some time of three days and explore the place, explore the place, explore the place. And that is what he did. Do not be quick to tell people about your vision. Why? Because other people, you know, they are comfortable with your past. They can even be comfortable with your present state, but they are not comfortable with your future. So when you reveal your future to them, they will discourage you and some of them will even betray you and some of them will fight you, you know, and, and, and make sure that you do not become what God has created you to become. So it's very important that you do not reveal your vision until you have, you know, explored you know the place your surroundings and and even the people that are surrounding you it's very important for you to be able to do that and it took three days and after that what he did he called everybody he started with the nobles i usually say to people if you're going to cast your vision you're going to try to cast or impart your vision to the people that you you are trying to recruit you know to work with you, it's very important that you start with influential people, with people of leadership status. It's very important. Why is it important? Because there are certain people who will never come to your thing until they see certain people that they respect, value, and admire coming to your thing. Do you get what I'm saying? Or, uh, you know, uh, approving what you are doing. And if they cannot see those people doing that, they will think that whatever you are bringing is shady. So it's very important. That is what Nehemiah did. He started with the nobles. And, and you know, when you are coming to people with a vision, at least you need to have one or two testimonies. You know, he came and he said, and he started testifying on how God's hand was upon him and how God, you know, helped him and how God did this and did that. And when he said that, you know, it strengthened, you know, the people, you know, um, they started saying, you know, they started, you know, following what he was doing and they opened up. That's the word I was trying to, you know, find. They opened up and said, listen, if this guy is like this, then we will receive this thing. We'll take this thing. We'll take this thing because we can see the hand of God upon this guy. And that is what they did. And um, after casting the vision, when you go to chapter 4 from verse 19, I believe, of the book of Nehemiah, the Bible says they strengthened their hands and worked. That is very important for you to understand. That is very important for you to understand. But there is something that you need to understand that is also more important. And that is, you know, what Nehemiah did is that the, the casting of the vision was the first, you know, I would say one, two, three. You know, it was, um, you know, the 10th stage. But now he had to go through the 11th stage. And the 11th stage is, is when you have to structure your team, when you have to structure your team. Because listen, you can be able to do that. It's easy. 
But now you need to structure your team. You need to put people according to their strengths, not according to their weaknesses. And so it's very important for you to be able to do that. You need to start these people. You need to take some time off before you can structure your team. You know, motivate these people, structure them, give them little tasks, see how they perform and and see how they deal with you know failures and how they deal with you know people who do not share the same views with them see how they deal with all these kind of things and from there you will be able to say okay this one I will use him here this one I will use him there but always make sure that you put them according to their strengths that is what Nehemiah did those who are warriors gave them souls and said, protect these guys. Those who are builders said, listen, this is what you do. Those who are cooks said, cook for these guys. And so what is happening is that you need to put people according to their strengths. And that is what Nehemiah did. And so every time you are trying to do something, you know, big, you are trying to, to succeed in life and pursue your vision, there will always be oppositions. And so when you study the book of Nehemiah, there were oppositions here. We're talking about Tobiah and and Senebalat. These guys, they they liked the lukewarmness that was there. They liked, you know, um, people moving aimlessly without a vision and 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 fighting for no cause and 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 and, and just living, you know, uh, you know, without a sense of purpose and 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 and, and vision in their lives. They loved that, you know, because it, it, it made them to look bigger and stronger. So when this guy came and said, listen, Everybody now will find a purpose. You know, he will be fighting for the good, the right team, and 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 he will be trying to fulfill a certain purpose. When that happened, you know, it created a lot of problems. And so, what the enemy will do, it will use the first weapon that they will use is intimidation. It will use intimidation. You know, they will say you are not educated enough. Yeah, your English is not good. You know, that's what they will say. Your English is not good. You're not educated enough. You know, your background is not good. You know, as a result of that, a person like you cannot succeed in life. A person like you cannot succeed in life. So it's very important that you sit down, you know, there and and just, you know, choose some gum or something. But don't try anything. That's what the enemy will do. That's the first thing that they will do. They will intimidate you. And the second tactic they will use is criticism. I'm talking about, because there are two types of criticism. There is a constructive criticism, which is good. And, uh, you know, you need, you know, to, to, to get that one. And so there is a destructive criticism. And the duty of destructive criticism is to humiliate you and embarrass you and, 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 and bring you to shame. And that is what they wanted to do to shame him. And so the, the third one is blackmail. If you don't stop this nonsense that you are doing, we are going to write a letter and tell the king that you are trying to build your own kingdom. And you want these guys at the end of the day to call you a king in this place. And he said, listen, you know that I'm not doing that. So if you want to go ahead, I usually say to people, never, ever allow people to blackmail you because somebody who's blackmailing you, who is blackmailing you, let, let me tell you something, he has got all the cards. 
And if you allow him to do that, he can destroy your life into pieces or make you somebody that you are not. So Nehemiah refused to be, you know, to be blackmailed. And another thing that they will use is betrayal. So what they did was to buy another guy who was a prophet and said, listen, here is the money. I want you to call this guy to church and tell him that the Lord spoke to you last night that he needs to run from this place because he's going to die. Try to put fear on him. Try to put fear. And the guy did, excuse me, and the guy did. And he said, listen, uh, the Lord spoke to me last night. And listen to me, you need to run. And Nehemiah saw through it because, listen, when you are a leader, you, it's very important that you need to be intuitive. You know, you need to be intuitive. You need to have the ability to discern things, you know, and, 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 and study things and analyze things. And that's what Nehemiah did. By the Spirit of God, he was able to discern and see that this thing is definitely not coming from God because God cannot be intimidated by the devil. And another thing is misunderstanding. He will create misunderstanding among yourselves so that you will fight among you know, yourselves. So that what you will be trying to do is to create a dividing and rule between the two of you, you know, between you and your team so that they will not understand you. You will not understand them. You know, that's what you will do. So it's very important that, you know, if you want to fulfill a vision in life, you want you to you to fulfill your assignment in life, you must know that you are going to deal with these. These, you know, the enemy will bring these intimidation, criticism, blackmail, betrayal, misunderstandings. These, you will find them. And so if you can be able to defeat these demons, Let me tell you something. You are on your way to success. You are on your way to success. So vision is is the greatest ingredient of any leadership. You can ask Dr. Nelson Mandela. You can ask Dr. King. You can ask Mahatma Gandhi. You can ask all these great leaders. You see... What they had was a vision. It's 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 what propelled them. It's what it's what you know gave them hope. You know of the future. Even though some of them believed that maybe they cannot make it to that future, but at least they knew that you know if they can keep on fighting and pushing, this generation eventually or the coming generation eventually will get there. And by doing so, they left an incredible legacy that we are learning from every day. Listen to me. Listen to me. You want to be an incredible leader. In fact, this is something that you need to understand. You are not a mistake. You are not a mistake. You never was a mistake. You never will be a mistake. God has a plan for your life. I don't know whom I'm talking to you, but I'm telling you that God has a plan for your life. And you are not, you know, you are not empty. There is something on the inside of you that no one else can do. I'm talking about even if this person can have thousand degrees, he cannot do what you can do. Why? Because you are the only one of your own kind. No one is you. No one will ever be you. You are the only you who is you in this world. And it's very important for you to understand you are special. Because of that, you need to stand up and know that there is something, 
that is on the inside of you. If you can discover that, meditate on that, you know, apply all the principles, you know, that I spoke about on these things. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, you will become an effective leader. You will become an incredible leader that will leave an incredible legacy. I'm talking about the legacy that will touch lives even 100 years when you are gone. Even after 100 years, still people will be impacted by you, your input, you know, your efforts and, and, and your vision on this world. So don't give up. Keep dreaming. Keep pushing. You must know that eventually, eventually you will succeed. Remember, the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a purpose. Remember, the most richest place in the world is not the Gulf area, you know, where we have black gold and all that. It's not that. The richest place in the world is the graveyard because it has a lot of people, you know, who still have their potentials still intact. Those were the words of the greatest man, my mentor, Dr. Miles Monroe. I just want to take this time and say thank you. God bless you and God bless you. This is Dr. Tubini. I'm signing out.